0: The industry my business was in is a rapidly growing industry. It was a lot of, lot of work, a lot of stress. And I thought, I just don't enjoy this. I don't love this anymore. And I knew I loved coding. And I kind of thought, do I push myself real hard for a year or so to be able to do something that I really love for the rest of my working life? And I thought, yeah,
1: let's do it. Hello and welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, we speak with successful devs about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior dev job. I'm Alex, and today I'm joined by Jamie Baker, who, funnily enough, used to be a butcher before learning to code on Scrimba and recently landed his first junior developer job. Jamie applied to one job and he got it. Lucky? I don't think so. Jamie had an actual strategy which was to transfer his technical knowledge of Shopify and empathy as a Shopify user to work at an agency developing, you guessed it, Shopify websites for clients and it worked a treat. Now Jamie gets to earn while he learns and experience how software is made firsthand. Of course, it wasn't an easy transition and you'll learn about some of Jamie's challenges and how he overcame them in this episode, Basically, at the age of 38, Jamie decided to leave his own butchering business behind to follow his passion for coding. That's how serious he was, and until he actually got the job as a developer, he was learning to code alongside his full-time work, which is really tough. Let's see what we can learn from Jamie about managing your time. Oh, and please don't forget to share the episode if you like it. It's a free podcast with no ads. And the more listeners we get, the bigger and better guests you will get to learn from. Thank you. Here's
0: Jamie. I've always sort of been interested in nerdy things, if you like. I was a part of an online forum for a football team, and we had a lot of friends on there, and it got shut down. And we were, what are we going to do now, kind of thing. So I thought, why not? I'll give it a go. So I set up a community site on a really old platform called Ning, which I believe still exists. And it was quite restricted in what you can change. You could only change CSS. So I built that up and they had their own sort of creators community with other people. And everyone was just hacking the hell out of their sites using CSS and nothing more, which is quite a challenge. People got really, really creative in changing layouts and things. Obviously, you couldn't do any JavaScript. You couldn't edit the HTML itself. People finding these really cool workarounds. I think that's when I fell in love with CSS, which a lot of developers hate, but I absolutely love.
1: I'm quite surprised to hear you mention that you love it right off the bat. You're right, a lot of people don't like it. What do you like about CSS so
0: much? I was going to say the simplicity, but that's probably quite controversial. (laughs) I, I think it's a sort of instance of... You want that to be read, you tell it to be read, it's read. And then from there, there's so many things you can do that just happen without too much in the way of lines of code. That's what really sort of drew me into coding. So were you doing this
1: professionally or was it just a kind of hobby with your mates?
0: It was just a hobby, and then I got approached by someone that was running a site. It's a guy down in Cornwall, Robin, who's sort of in his 70s, really, really nice guy. Asked for some help with his site, so he runs a site that deals with pies, not in the traditional eating fashion. Psychologically informed environments which is a sort of pioneering method used in homelessness and social care. It's all about creating the right environment to avoid conflict and make people think and feel comfortable it's quite interesting when you get into it but probably not relevant so uh robin asked me for some help with that and that was my first paid job and i absolutely loved it me and him sparked up a great friendship we we've met a few times and we created this lovely site that that was probably eight years ago or so he's actually just retired from it that was my first sort of professional taste if you like and then from there i've did solo bits and bobs and um, just some small sites for people mostly on wordpress because I didn't know any more than a bit of CSS in all honesty. But that that was the first sort of toe-dipping into coding and I loved it.
1: Well, that's really interesting in terms of timeline because it sounds like you had your first exposure to CSS and a little bit of freelance work eight years ago, but you're only now just getting your first full-time professional job as a developer. So that tells us that maybe you ramped up and started taking a career change more seriously in the last year or two. What were you doing as your kind of full-time job and then what Caused you to shift gears and focus only on programming?
0: Back then, I was working as a butcher stroke manager for a butcher shop which I had done for quite a large part of my life. I kind of fell into it by accident through a Saturday job at school. And it got to a point where I was umming and ahhing, should I go into coding full time? Should I still do this? And an opportunity come up just over six years ago now to open my own shop. So myself and a good friend of mine started a business, um, butchers, and we did quite a lot online, which I set everything up on a Shopify store obviously through lockdown and therefore we we got really really busy and the business expanded quite quick and sadly i for my own mental health had to choose between coding and running the business so the coding side kind of got put to one side and over time i was like i miss it i miss it And then Robin, the guy I mentioned earlier, got in touch with me towards the end of 2021 for some help or something. And I helped him out. I was like, oh, my God, I've missed this so much. You know, when you just get your teeth into something, you're like, oh, I, I really, really miss this. So I said to my wife, listen, I want to try and do this full time before it's too late. I'm 38 now, so probably quite late to get into a full time coding job. Just after Christmas, so early last year, I thought I'd start a course i know i needed to learn some javascript and be able to write code to more industry standards rather than just hacking away untidily at things knowing nobody else seeks it in the background yeah i started a course then and it was just watch a video walk away try and do something and it just didn't sink in and then i stumbled upon scrimba And I was like, oh, this is cool. You can pause it and change the code. And from there, I I was in. That was my evenings in between working sort of 50, 60 hours a week. My evenings were uh, spent with Scrimba. So uh, me and Pear were very close.
1: <laughs> oh, I think a lot of people would feel the same way. <laughs> you spend a very intimate period, hours and hours probably, with your favourite Scrimba teachers. It's, it's kind of cool to see because when you finish the modules, you definitely feel grateful for all the time you spent together. I see in some of the events we host, like people see Bob Soroll or Tom chant and they're like, oh my God, Tom, Bob, I love your courses. You can tell there's a kind of unique bond there. <laughs>
0: it's weird because the teachers never met you, never spoke to you directly. Yeah, you feel like you totally know them when you've been on that journey together. Were you doing this alongside your full-time job, were you? I was indeed, yes, which was pretty tricky. A lot of late nights and a lot of tiredness. I also got married last September, which uh, ended up with quite an intense run-up as I sort of ramped up towards getting a job which I wasn't really expecting so soon in all honesty, but uh, it all happened quite quickly. Yeah, it's pretty tricky learning, especially as you're a bit older, dare I say. In between running a business and, and working those long hours, but... I did it somehow.
1: Did I understand right? Your butcher had a Shopify website. So someone could literally go online, order a sirloin, order some beef cheeks, whatever it happens to be. And then your business would like send that to them, you know, HelloFresh style and some ice probably to their door. That's pretty unique.
0: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, We actually delivered everything ourselves. Originally, we were just doing click and collect, and then when COVID hit, we decided it was safer to close the shop and just deliver. So we got a van, got a driver, and just made all the deliveries ourselves.
1: I guess, you know, you don't have to be super technical to create a Shopify account and spin up a basic store, but knowing your nature, right, liking to tinker with things, especially CSS, I'm sure it was too much to resist the temptation to, like, adapt it a little bit for your needs. Is that where some of the coding part came back into your life and ramped up? a little bit
0: yeah absolutely it was great that it was my baby that website a lot of the websites I've built in the past for other people maybe were pretty static just sort of basic business sites So to have a live site with the customer interaction and sales coming through was really cool. And it was a good sort of uh, peering into the sort of bigger, busier side of online trade, if you like.
1: Well, I happen to know that the job you ended up getting, it is like developing a Shopify website, essentially. Am I right?
0: We're a Shopify agency. Oh, okay. So we build for quite a lot of big brands now. We've sort of got French Connection, Castor, Avon, um, and a few football teams and whatnot. No way. Yeah, 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 it's really cool. So the business is only, I think they're about seven years old now. And the guys here that started it sort of seen a niche that Shopify was emerging and getting bigger. But there was no agencies dedicated to purely Shopify. So they spun something up and it's gone from strength to strength. It's a really exciting place to work.
1: How did the opportunity come about, Jamie?
0: From listening to the Scrimba podcast, I knew it wasn't easy to get your first developer job listening to other people's stories. So I sort of hummed asked, how can I narrow this down? What do I like? And then I thought, hmm, I wonder what Shopify jobs are. Are there any specialist Shopify jobs? Because you can have much less people applying for those, especially as I had a few years of experience running a store although not on the coding side so much it's that experience of the platform and how everything works and the benefits of so i did a course on liquid shopify's templating language i'm not sure if you're familiar with and sort of went from there really and i seen the job come up here and applied for it and just forgot about it I didn't think I was anywhere near ready to apply. I'd only been doing Scrimber for about six months at the time, and that was sort of around work, so it wasn't progressing as rapidly as I'd like anyhow. I totally forgot I applied for it, and somebody got in touch with me about, God, five or six weeks later, um, said, do you want to have a chat? So we had an initial chat, then a second chat, and then they asked me to do a test which was the week before my wedding oh my goodness <laughs> this was like a take
1: on task or did you jump on a zoom call
0: yeah it was take on um so i said listen i'm getting married next week and they said oh, it's okay take all the time you want it's fine they were, they were really really cool really understanding
2: coming up on the scramble podcast did jamie get a job because he was
0: lucky or i've always loved shopify
2: i will be right back with
1: jamie in just a second but first jan the producer and i wanted to read some of your feedback and do some shout outs to the Scrimber podcast community. Jan, did you read that one from Apple Podcasts where the person said I was a charming host already?
2: Um, I think I did actually. And even though some people will apparently like to hear it again, I'm going to read three other things today. Alex88 on Apple Podcasts says, love it. Great advice for junior developers and so many inspiring stories. Thank you. On Twitter, Cal Codes said, Scream a podcast is easily the best podcast for newbie developers and even professionals out there. Practical advice from real world people who have gone through the exact same thing you're currently going through just has a very reassuring effect. And The Coding Mermaid shared the podcast episode with Randall Canna and wrote, what a great podcast. If you're just starting your career as a developer, I strongly advise you to hear it. The episode's title is Becoming a Standout Developer with Randall Canna. When I
0: got onto the hiring manager side, I realized so many people didn't know what I thought were the basic things in getting a job.
2: And I'm going to link to it in the show notes. If you're learning something from the show, please tweet about it. If you're on Twitter, you can also leave us a rating or a review in your podcast app of choice. Next week on the show, we'll have Saran Yitbarek, the founder of Code Newbie. Stay tuned because I will play a clip at the end of this episode. But for now, we're back to the interview with Jamie.
1: These take-home tasks can be tricky because i mean if you do a zoom interview it's like 60 minutes in the calendar done and dusted a take on task, I mean, sometimes there's guidance about how long to spend on it, but you know, you want to put your best foot forward, right, and deliver something you're proud of. That can easily take evenings and evenings to, to come to life.
0: Yeah, of course, it, it did take a lot of work. There's a few tricky elements in there, but I give it a good go and put a lot of hours in, and they come back and said it was absolutely brilliant, which uh, was pretty heart melting at the time. It was great. So we had another chat, it went from there and suddenly I was leaving my business and starting a coding job. Absolutely incredible, man.
1: That's so inspiring as well. Changing career at 38, but also, I mean, you'd built a successful business, it sounds like, and you spent a lot of your life dedicating yourself to the trade and the craft. And then obviously you felt like it was time for a change. A lot of people feel that way, but they don't actually action it. Meanwhile, you learned to code in the evenings, kept an eye out for opportunities. And it sounds like they were pretty keen on you as well, which must have felt amazing.
0: Oh, it was. It was really good. It was the only job I applied for too. What? <laughs> which is uh, which is pretty crazy. You're serious? I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. Was that like a luck thing? Or do you think that maybe you just kind of, uh, you know, focus your sniper scope, so to speak, and just Pick the one you felt you had a fair chance at?
0: I think it was luck and timing. As I said earlier, this business is rapidly growing and they're constantly looking for new developers. So they were willing to give someone a chance, I guess, just to get another body at the desk. So that obviously worked in my favor to have done myself down massively there, but uh, that, that worked in my favor. So, yeah, I think there was a lot of luck. It was, uh, I almost felt a bit guilty because I've listened to the Scrimba podcast and seen people's struggles on Discord and whatnot saying, you yeah, know, we've applied for thousands of jobs, never heard anything back. I think I would say, my personality and sort of people skills played the biggest part. Mm. It may not be the same at every business, but there's a big ethos here about getting the right person. Not so much, well, obviously they want people that can code and so forth, but it, it's all about the person and attitude. So that I I really, really love that that played into my hands too, because I'm very much that kind of guy. So that gave me a lot of confidence in making the move to this business. So yeah, I I guess things just kind of fell into place really naturally for both me and the business. It's worked out great. So yeah, definitely some luck there.
1: I think, you know, when it comes to personality and culture fit and stuff like that, it's not about everybody being the same. It's about finding a good fit. And when you join a company, when you do an interview and you feel like you're really getting along with the team and the interviewers, I mean, it's probably, unless you're a bit deluded, it's probably quite a mutual feeling, you know, and that could be a super, super positive indicator that things are going to work out. Like, yes, you need a baseline of competency, obviously, but your personality and how you vibe, essentially, the energy you have with the team, that can make a, a massive difference as I think you're alluding to. You had this relevant experience Shopify and I really want to zone in on that because I think it's super interesting when you learn to code and you follow any coding course the only place that it makes any sense to start is with the technologies right you start with JavaScript HTML CSS you move forward like that but companies don't really necessarily care about the technology they care about solving problems for their customers whether that's agency work or whether that's building a product for example and then there are lots of opportunities to specialize and work around specific tooling or use cases or domains and in your Case, you already had this experience with the tool shopify and the domain around e-commerce like you could empathize probably with some of the problems and challenges that the agency customers now have that's that's not something that someone can learn overnight necessarily i think companies will sometimes recognize your potential in your technological skills even though you don't have experience in the space they might say okay well you know so and so has got all the skills we believe they can be trained up But obviously, if you're going into a competitive market, they will probably honestly choose the person who already has that experience if they're out there. And and what this represents to me, Jamie, I think is a really interesting strategy, whether you were doing it intentionally or not. It's just that instead of learning, you know, broad technologies like JavaScript, which of course is the foundation, but, you know, going one step beyond that and focusing on a specific toolkit or solution, I think that makes you infinitely more hireable. Yes, you'll be less perfect. You'll limit the number of jobs that you're perfect for. So instead of applying to a thousand jobs, maybe every month, there's just 10 or 20 that suit your specific use case. But I think your conversion rates, when you apply to those jobs, your likelihood of success is going to be so much higher. I think so many people try to be all things to all people, whether that's writing a blog post, whether that's creating a product or positioning yourself as a a job applicant. But if you can actually narrow down your focus a little bit, that's a very valid strategy. And if I was to hazard a guess, right, maybe of course there's an element of timing here. I never like to use the word luck on the Scrimper podcast, because I think luck is what happens when hard work meets opportunity. There's no denying you put in the legwork. But you see what I'm saying, right? Like that fit was perfect and it's no wonder you managed to narrow in on it more easily. When someone says, you know, Alex, I applied to hundreds of jobs, thousands of jobs. All that says is that they didn't have a strategy.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Finding that niche really, really did help. And it's not just finding a niche. I wanted it to be something that excites me, something that... I know a little bit about and something I'd be really passionate to get involved with and um, I've always loved Shopify their whole sort of brand and their documentation guides, constant updates to the platform all the time, it's a really exciting space they're constantly developing the platform, it's not just sort of bung together, there you go, we'll, we'll maybe update some bits here and there in a couple of years, it's constantly changing and evolving and getting bigger and better so it's far from boring
1: what do you say Jamie we do some quick fire questions and then when we come back we'll talk a little bit about your day in the life working at an agency alright yeah let's do it I sprung this one on you didn't I I know Who is your favorite coding teacher and or coding course that you remember? It's difficult.
0: As I mentioned earlier, Pear was um, always uh, very close to me. And um, Kevin Powell, Mr. CSS himself. I got a lot of inspiration from Kevin. I actually dropped him an email when I got the job and he sent a lovely email back, which was like a nerd hero, sort of, wow. His overwhelming passion for CSS was something that really, really drew me in, especially, as I said, Earlier, a lot of people are sort of, oh, hey CSS, why is it so complicated? And Kevin just lives and breathes it, which was uh, really, really inspiring.
1: Her and Kevin combined GOATs, greatest of all time. Oh yeah. What was your first coding language, Jamie? CSS,
0: if you call it a language. Well, that's, a, that's a controversial thing, isn't it? Yes,
1: yes, yes, CSS is a coding language. And what technology have you got your eyes on to learn
0: next? I'd like to learn React. Eventually, I'm not pressuring myself too much, but um, we're doing quite a few headless builds here now, and it seems to be getting more and more popular and, dare I say, sort of standardish. So, uh, that's something I'd really like to get involved with, but I'm not going to kill myself to learn it just yet because I'm still learning a hell of a lot of other things. Do you listen to music while you're coding? Yes, yeah. That that was interesting when I first started my job, actually. Uh, I come into the office and everyone's just sat the headphones on. I was like, oh, I don't like this. This is really weird. But (laughs) now I've got my headphones on. (laughs) I get it. It all makes sense now. Do you listen to something in particular? Whilst coding, I've
1: recently taken to lo-fi. Yeah, oh, you're a true coder now, Jamie. I'd never heard of
0: lo-fi until maybe six months ago. It's good to have something sort of constant in the background but not to the point that you pay attention to it if you like yeah it's quite a weird genre of music that seems to fit just right for coding 100% all
1: right that'll do us for our quick five questions thank you Jamie hope that wasn't too much Phew, thanks so, yeah, coming back to your work at the agency, like it's a really interesting space. I, you know, we're talking a little bit about strategy in this episode and how to plan your hunt for a job. Another vertical or, or way you can look at this is, you know, what kind of company do you want to work for? Do you want to build an innovative product? Do you want to work on a product you already know? Do you maybe want to be a freelancer or take that one step further and work at an agency and do a whole variety of, of kind of client work? Maybe you can help people decide and get an insight into what it's like to work as a new developer at an agency what does a kind of typical day look like once you arrive at the office or sign on for the day
0: i guess it vary from agency to agency a little but i will give you my instance so it's pretty laid back here in terms of clocking on clocking off it's quite flexible hours we're able to work from home as is when we want day to day is arrive at the office pretty relaxed coffee have a chat with guys and then we get to work if you like so I mostly work on Shopify sections. So each page, if you like, is broken down into customizable sections. Sounds like components, maybe. Yeah, basically it's just stack components, if you like. And then we, we could have a featured products, for example. And we put this code, the settings into each section to the customer can then we try and make things as flexible as possible, which as a previous store owner, I absolutely love. There were so many times on my old business side, where I was like, "Oh, I wish I could change this. I wish I could change this." <laughs> so, being able to put all these different settings in for people. You're like, oh, they're gonna love that.
1: This is what I mean about the empathy part. Like you can just put yourself in the shoes of the user so easily because you were the user not that long ago. How does Shopify work? Is it partly like an edits like a GUI type editor where you can configure things? And then I guess based on your description, you're also doing CSS and maybe a little bit of JavaScript as well.
0: Yeah, we actually use Tailwind, which I'd never used until I was here. And I was like, Oh, I'm not sure on this. I've looked at it a few times and thought, oh, I don't know. I think I prefer raw CSS and I actually love it now it's so well thought out and clever it's really impressive but yeah um, quite a lot of well I say quite a lot of JavaScript I've sort of been allowed to take baby steps with it really they've been really sort of understanding I I was honest from the start which I would advise to anyone too Um, that's something the feedback I got from my interview was the honesty I didn't pretend that I knew loads of JavaScript I said I know baby. Sick. I've done bits and bobs. I've made the, um, oh, what did we do on there? Uh, Scrimpak, I remember now. Oh, the blackjack game and so on. But nothing sort of huge. I need to learn more. I want to learn more. And they, they really appreciated the honesty there. And why not be honest? We could get a couple of months into the job and they come back and say hang on you said you could do that oh that would be so bad yeah exactly so I would say to anyone don't try and black yourself just be honest and say you're learning you it's more that attitude of wanting to learn and wanting to progress that I found people want to sort of see and hear you're not expected to know JavaScript inside out
1: what you're essentially doing when you boil it down is selling yourself. You know, for example, you go to a car dealership and you ask, Can this car do that thing? Well, the dealer can't lie. They won't be like, Oh, yeah, it can totally go as fast as a Lamborghini. But they might redirect your attention and say, Listen, no, it's not going to go as fast as a Lamborghini. Um, but have you seen these seats? They're so comfortable, right? There's no harm in like controlling your own narrative. So you say, No, honestly, I haven't done much JavaScript. But however, it's something that I'm actively looking to improve. Here are the steps I've taken so far and here are a few reasons why i think i'm excited to learn it and why i believe this company will be a great opportunity to learn javascript while also delivering value in the areas i already have expertise with namely css and shopify that has value and weight and it will carry you through the process in lieu of those hard skills i think
0: yeah totally just be honest if people don't think they're ready to take you on then that's not the company for you if people appreciate your honesty, they know you want to develop and they want to help you develop because another thing that sort of was quite apparent was they wanted to mold people into their sort of way of working, their practices. So in some ways, if you don't know quite as much on something, you can't be set in your ways. You can be kind of groomed for want of a better word and sort of shaped into the the way the company works. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I'm just Googling the word groomed because I totally agree. It sounds a bit dodgy, but I think it's
0: perfectly Don't (laughs) don't do that. Don't do that, Alex. (laughs) Not even on incognito mode.
1: (laughs) I think it's technically valid. (laughs) Yeah, no, great point though. You're malleable, right? And you, you, you have the opportunity to adapt their practices. And of course you want to demonstrate that you're someone who can take feedback and learn and you're humble and you're willing and all these things just sound, these sound awesome. Honestly, it sounds like things couldn't have really gone better for you, Jamie. It sounds like it's been a wicked couple of years getting married, getting a new job, getting the first job you applied to, and and so on. I can't shake this feeling that this was a a monumental transition, right? I mean, a lot of people aspire to own their own business. They build a career and it's very difficult to leave. If you had to reflect on it, what was the kind of core driver to to make this plunge and commit to learning to code? And has it been worth it for you?
0: Yeah, it's been totally worth it. I think the industry my business was in is in a rapidly growing industry, and i was a little unsure long term how things would pan out it was a lot of lot of work a lot of stress and i thought i just don't i don't enjoy this i don't love this anymore and i knew i loved coding that that was a sort of obviously a big big driver and i kind of thought do i push myself real hard for a year or so to be able to do something i really love for the rest of my working life and i thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We can try. I suppose being a bit older and sort of calmer about it really helped too. I think if you're a sort of school leaver... That- you're putting that huge pressure on yourself to start your career. Whereas being a, I suppose I had the more mature outlook on it, where I would take my time and the right job would come along and I wouldn't stress too much, which bizarrely made things happen really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's been a sort of pretty crazy year, as you alluded to.
1: And uh, how does uh, wrangling CSS compared to wrangling carcasses and whatever else you would do as a butcher. It's certainly cleaner. I wanted to say um how does butchering a cow compare to butchering CSS? But I didn't want to comment on your CSS skills.
0: <laughs> All the jokes have been made here already, don't worry.
1: Well Jamie, I think that was such a powerful message to end on. I mean, you're spending a year to learn a skill that you'll hopefully use for the rest of your life. It seems like a pretty good investment whenever you put it like that. And I really appreciate you taking the time to to come out as well and tell us more about your story and working at an agency. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, thanks, Alex. It's been absolutely great to be on. I've listened to so many episodes of this podcast and found so much inspiration and learning from it. So if I give a little bit back there, I'm really, really happy to.
2: That was the Scrimba podcast. Check out the show notes for the resources from this episode and the ways to connect with Jamie. Next week on the show, Saran Yitbarek, developer, speaker, podcaster, coder, entrepreneur, and founder of Code Newbie. I feel like my
1: road to being a developer was very choppy and definitely not planned at all. I don't really remember what I wanted to be when I was a kid. By the time I got to college, my intention was to be a doctor. And so I was going to go to med school, much to my parents' delight. They're both pharmacists, so, you know, doctor was the, you know, is, is the ultimate goal pharmacist is like second prize so they were very excited for me to go for gold and that was the the plan and it wasn't until I actually shadowed a doctor I think it was either end of junior year beginning of senior year that I realized what the job actually entailed and decided that I, in fact, did not want to be a doctor. And I really wish I had done that research a little bit earlier and didn't wait until I was almost graduating to figure that out. Saran
2: is in the next episode of the Scrimba podcast. So if you made it this far, please subscribe so you don't miss it. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts. The Scrimba podcast is hosted by Alex Booker and you can find his Twitter handle in the show notes. I've been Jan the Producer and we will see you next week.